This is Bo Buchanan, Arizona Lodge number two, and I'm here speaking on the level with Brian and Drinda Cooper Keeble. Uh, Brian, let's start with you. Can you tell me your name, your full name, the name of your home blue lodge, and any offices or titles you have connected to that lodge? My uh, name is Brian Cooper Keeble. I was born in England in 1935. My home lodge is Tranquillus Lodge number 5712, uh, which meets in uh, Mark Mason Hall in London, uh, close to Piccadilly Circus. I then came to America in 1979. I became master of Paradise Valley Lodge number 61 in 1996. Uh, six. Uh, I became a master mason in 1980, and uh, I'm now a member of. I'm a charter member of Pioneer Lodge number 82. We wear uh, uniforms which are based on the 1980s. Sorry, 1880s. <laughs> 1980s uniforms would be pretty cool. <laughs> 1880s. We are allowed to wear guns in lodge, mm-hmm. and uh, many of the members of that lodge do wear guns, and um, and they have ammunition on their belts. Uh, that's all perfectly legal. Uh, I myself don't uh, carry a gun. I got a knife, and I've got a cricket bat. And, and, and do you have any? You have, you have a title in Pioneer? Any other lodge? Any office titles? No, I, I have have been secretary of Pioneer Lodge. I was a deputy grand secretary at the Grand Lodge of Arizona from 1998 to 2002. Oh wow! And I was I was a, a member from 1996 to 2002 when I retired. I did manu- did uh, put the proceedings book together for the Grand Lodge of Arizona from 2002 until 2013. The, the Blue Book? The Blue Book. Oh, nice job. And uh, so that's about the story of my, my <laughs> Masonic career. Okay, my that's not the end of your story. That's your introduction. Let's go to yeah. Drinda. <laughs> he wants to wrap it all up in 30 seconds. Okay, so Drinda, tell me uh, your full name, the name of your home court, and any offices or titles you have connected to that court. I'm Drinda Cooper Keeble, and I was born in London, England, and I came over here in 1963. Um, I belong to the Order of the Amaranth, which is a Masonic organization, and I belong to Phoenix Court Number no. 1, which meets downtown, and New Horizon Court Number no. 12, which meets in Sun City Lodge, and I'm conductress in one and conductress in another. <laughs> okay, wow. Now, did you guys, i got to start asking about your guys' relationship, because I just want to, I'm dying to know. So did you guys know each other before you came over here from England, or no. did you meet here? No, we didn't. You met here, okay. We met here. Did you meet through masonry? Um, no. No. Um, okay. I was married to my first husband, and then um, after 25 years, he, um, we got a divorce, and and then I went back to England, and I met my second husband, Danny, which was Brian's best friend in England, <laughs> which I didn't know. Wow. And then we came over to um, Phoenix, and um, and Brian lived around the corner from us, and we, his wife and I were best friends, and Brian and Danny was best friends. And then my husband got cancer um, in the stomach, and Brian's wife got cancer in the kidneys, and oh. they both died within five months of one another. Oh, my and gosh. We, and then two years later, we got married. So you guys were probably there supporting each other through some yeah. pretty difficult yeah. times, and that yes. created quite the bond. Yeah. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. That's an amazing That's story. That's how I got into the Masonic organization with Brian. So, Brian, you, were you already a Mason when this yeah. was happening? Yeah. Okay. So you guys met in a very difficult time mm-hmm. after your spouse's yeah. past fell in love, and then, Drenda, you got into Masonry through Brian. Right. So tell me a little bit about Brian. Where? Tell me, let's go back to the beginning of your Masonic career, Brian. When did yeah. you first hear of Freemasonry? 1976, when I was invited to attend a... Um, uh, a, a dinner and um, in, uh, during entertainment at the lodge which I joined, Tranquillus Lodge, number 5912, and uh, they, it, it was a way of introducing people to Freemasonry. Um, I had no idea until I, I went with a friend of mine who was already a member of that lodge, and I said, this is such a good organization that I'd like to be a member. And they said, you've asked the right question. <laughs> and uh, I was then given a petition, uh, which I completed, and uh, the rest is Masonic history. What did you call that event? It was a, uh, it was, it was a, a dinner and entertainment. Like uh, we call friend to friend here. Yeah, it's like friend to friend here, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. So how long, and Brian, take that microphone with me for me, so just so it's closer to you. How long after you went to this dinner, you got a petition, you joined immediately? I joined it within six months. Within six months, yes. okay. So pretty quickly. So once you, and that was your first exposure to it. Yes. What was so appealing to you that you wanted to join? I think the fact that, uh, that the the men there in England were were so willing to uh, to spend money on charitable things. You know, there was uh, lots of um, uh, there's a Masonic uh, school for for boys and girls. Oh, really? uh, Masonic schools for boys and girls. They do several charities for local organizations. Uh, there are uh, probably back in England, there are many, many Masonic um, uh, fundraisers done to help uh, things like the Royal National Lifeboat Institute and um, uh, uh, various other widows. Uh, they do a lot for the widows of, uh, of the Masons, make sure that they're well taken care of. And um, that's uh, just uh, I felt it was a, a good a good band of men that looked like they were doing honest things to help people in need tell me a little bit about uh, uh, masonry in England and, and maybe your lodge back home what kinds of you mentioned some of the events uh, the, the fundraisers you did can you think of a, uh, a particular memory or fun time or event you guys did that really meant a lot to you and sticks in your mind um, no but I um, they do have what's called ladies' night. Most of the lodges have ladies' night for their wives. Uh, the wives very often uh, do not get to see the lodges. Uh, they, for some reason... Oh, really? They're not, they're not allowed they're in the not building? They're not allowed no. into oh. the lodge. Um, they can go in the building, but they're not allowed into, into the, the lodge room. Lodge room. Oh, okay. But they, they will sometimes go to dinners, maybe two or three times a year there'll be a, a dinner that involves the ladies. And they very often go to... Um, to another part of the country where they have ladies' night, they'd go to a hotel on the coast of England, and uh, the wives would come and they have a dinner and dance. That's pretty cool. And uh, they do that every year. Some lodges. My lodge in England only meets four times a year. The three mm-hmm. lodges I belong to here in Arizona, they meet almost every week. Yeah, right. We're um, busy here. Yeah. Do you, um, do you still belong to the lodge back in England? Yes, I do. That's uh, that'll always be my mother lodge. Do you do you go back occasionally? Yeah, we go back to to England. Usually, when we go back to no, England, last year you I'll, to the lodge, I'll make sure that I that we go there at a time when my lodge is meeting. And that's, right. 
four times a year. One of those four times is when they, they um, in, uh, install the officers. Uh, the other three is when they can do Masonic work. So, Drindell, let's let's go back to when you when you started to get to know Brian and and tell me about how you got involved. How did that work? Well, I used to go um, his lodge in um, Paradise Valley, right? Yes. His lodge in Paradise Valley used to have a, a once a month have a um, meeting. Stated, stated meeting and the wives would go to have dinner and everything and um i used to go there and every once in a while we'd help with the dinner or and then when brian became master of the lodge then i became an organizer and the women used to all come every meet every month and we'd have fashion shows and you know police there to help us do things and wow. it was really neat it was it was very good and i got involved in that and then a friend of mine. So you were just kind of helping as a, as a wife and yeah, uh, yeah. A family member. You weren't yeah. involved in any organizations, no. ladies' organizations. And then a friend of mine, um, the le- one of the ladies said, why don't you join um, Order of Eastern Star, which is worth meeting in that lodge. So I did. And um, Brian joined too. So we joined that. And then we moved to Sun City. And um, then somebody else got us into Amaranth. And I enjoy Amaranth. I belong to two courts, and I'm um, diabetes chairman on each court, and we raise money, you know, yeah, probably um, around, well, the whole of America raises about what? Half a million. Half a million, yeah. A year for diabetes diabetes research, research. and it goes straight to the, the, what what they do is that... um, the American Diabetes Association has certain people doing things, and so we give the money to those doctors to help them. Specific for their research? Yeah. yeah. So tell me, what's it like? I see you guys every Tuesday. Tonight we're at the Temple Downtown Phoenix. Mm-hmm. You had Amaranth. We had yeah. Arizona Lodge Number 2 meeting. I see you guys every week. You guys always seem very happy and and yeah, uh, happy. happy-go-lucky and very friendly yeah. people. What what is it like being married and being involved in this Masonic family and doing so much of this stuff together? Oh, I don't know why. I would think it would be very boring if you didn't belong to something like that. Because <laughs> we were we're going all the time, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. I'd say five days. We out do of the dinners week. at the lodge in Sun City. We do a dinner every almost every week, and we we um help with everything there and you know we're always helping and so you live in sun city and you drive downtown phoenix for this uh, amaranth this one, meeting yeah. okay but they also have an amaranth meeting in sun city lodge too that's a long drive from there to here it's only about 20 miles 20 miles yeah, okay. 20. not as bad as i thought i guess no, it's, okay. no, it's not bad at all but i really enjoy it and i i enjoy i enjoy doing things you know lots of things we do to raise money for diabetes so and once a year, the uh, we have a supreme amaranth organization, and once a year, um, the the grand lodges of the different uh, states go to supreme, and there we have uh, three three days of meetings, and at the end of those meetings, all the grand lodges that have given money, that have um, worked to to make money by selling. Uh, baked goods and uh, uh knits, scarves and uh, dishcloths and other things that all get sold to the public and uh, the money from that uh, goes into the this diabetes fund. 
each year approximately half a million dollars is given to the um, American Diabetes Association um, uh, at, through the Diabetes Association for, as Drinda was saying, to be given to the doctors at the various universities and other, other um, facilities. Now, is the, you mentioned that one of the reasons you got involved in England was, was for the fundraising. Tell me, what's the, what, are there similarities or differences between how they do things there and how we do things here, even with the charities or the types of charities that are, that are involved? Um, I, each, in, uh, in England there, there are provincial Grand Lodges that w which are based on, on the individual counties. There are 48 counties in England. And each of those counties has its own provincial grand lodge, like a and state that, lodge here. Yes, like a state lodge okay. here in the in the U.S. And that state lodge, that state um, provincial grand lodge, then feeds money into the, uh, the the grand lodge of England, which, by the way, next year has its 300th anniversary. Wow! They started in 1717 with four lodges meeting. Yeah, that's one difference that they they have that Grand Lodge of England, but we don't have a Grand Lodge of the United States. No. You know, we don't have something that governs all the U.S. Right. But the Grand, the United Grand Lodge of England, ugly, which I always think is kind of a funny yes. abbreviation, mm -hmm. is kind of the unofficial or official overseeing lodge of everything. Really, yes. kind yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. It's where they kind of set the tone for everybody. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yes. Um, what's the? You've been in the lodge building there. Yes, yeah, we have. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty fat, spectacular. Yes, it is yeah, very yeah. spectacular. They, they have two large gates which are, uh, they weigh each gate weighs more than a ton. Wow! And uh, you can push the gates open or close with one finger. It's so so easy to to open and close them. But it's a huge, a huge grand lodge building in on it's on Freemasons called Freemasons Hall. And it's just off the Holborn H O L B O R N. In uh, in the centre of London. So um, now you guys, you, I remember talking before finding out that you guys organised a trip. Mm -hmm. um, was it to Australia? Yeah, we, we went to Australia. Tell me a little bit about that. That trip was in 2000, 2004. Um, a, a gentleman by the name of C J Smith, who is a past master of um, Arizona Lodge Number no. Two, and he actually was the charter master of Pioneer Lodge Number no. Eighty Two, where we wear the cowboy. Cowboy outfits, not only cowboy, but also um, some of them wear cavalry outfits that were of the 1880s. But um, yeah, we took a group of 20 Masons and their wives, so it was 15 Masons and 15 wives, and uh, we went to uh, New Zealand, attended three lodge meetings, and did an Arizona third degree in uh, in New Zealand. Then we went to Sydney and met a, a met at a lodge in Sydney and did an Arizona third degree there. But also, that was 2004. Also, Drinda and I organized three trips to the UK, 1998, 2001, and 2007. We had three trips to England. Wow. And gave, we gave them uh, Arizona third degrees, which were all approved by Grand Lodge of England and also Grand Lodge of Arizona, that we could do that. That's really we cool. We went to Scotland uh, too, didn't we? Yeah, we went to Scotland. Uh, we didn't do any any degrees in Scotland. We, uh, Scotland, Wales, and Ireland we also mm -hmm. visited, and we did do a third degree in England, in uh, but, Wales, I should say. Drinda, what what were you doing? So Brian's in the Grand Lodge of England doing these degrees. What are you doing there? Were you, did you? I don't know if uh, Amaranth or the ladies' organizations no, existed all in England. They do, but they do, but they don't. They're not um, big, you know. They're not. Um, they're very quiet, you know. Uh, 
we didn't get to meet anybody like that, but we we um we went to different places while they were doing their degrees. Different. Um, you, you went to Harwood House. Yeah, Harwood House in Leeds. Yeah. And also, you um, go to a um uh, to a theatre. Yeah, we went to a theatre in London to see a show so and stuff okay, like that. Okay. You know, we did lots of things, but the women aren't as big over there in um Amer in um. In fact, there isn't any more amaranth courts in England. They just no. closed the last oh, wow. one down. So the, if, you ha, if you're if you an amaranth in England, you have to go to Scotland. <laughs> to participate. To participate, okay. yeah. So, Brian, one of the... And, and actually, Jordy, you can answer this first, actually. Can you tell me, are, are there people in amaranth or in your court or in other courts that have really kind of make a big made a big impact on your life and really made made it worthwhile being involved and maybe they made did something that you look up to them or you just became a really good friend anybody you, um, you want to talk about well my one of one of the friends i made when we went to england we took groups to england was shirley and clarence davis which belonged to this court um and they've been friends with us for years and years and years and we we really we've really shared a lot of family and fun things together haven't we yeah, yeah. and then so, also there's been karen house karen house karen and matt house karen was grand royal matron in 2011 and i was grand royal patron at the grand court of all uh, the amaranth here in arizona so by, by being the your grand royal patron is the male sponsor yeah. yes and so by being in that role you really had an opportunity to spend a lot of time with them mm -hmm. yeah you spend a lot of time in all the courts yes, yes, we all over the country. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We travel courts and grand courts in other parts of the country. So. so, Brian, what about from the Masonic standpoint, either from your time in England or your time in Paradise Valley? Are there are there men that really made a big Masons that really made a big impact on you, or that uh, uh, kind of led the way for you? That 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 idolized kind of what we talk about yeah. the, the morals in Masonry. Right. So, certainly, one of them was Fred Stewart. Fred Stewart was. Uh, he had his own um, uh, rock company here called Paradise Valley uh, Rock, uh, and uh, he oh, he was quite a wealthy man. But uh, his life life story was uh, you wouldn't have thought he would have been able to achieve what he did because he was an orphan, I think, in Kansas. Uh, but he um, he became a self-made millionaire, and uh, he always had a roll of dollar bills, uh, probably roll of hundred dollar bills in his pocket <laughs> and he'd give those to the kids with no shoes and made sure that they the had shoes the and he started the bike for bikes for books program oh he started the bikes for books he started, what was he his started name again fred stewart fred stewart and it should be called it is called here in most arizona um lodges the fred stewart bikes for books program huh. and uh we want that to always be the fred stewart bikes for books program he, was so he started it in though. mexico in about 1993, he was in Mexico visiting, and he noticed so many children without any shoes or with tattered clothes that he said to one of the people in the Masonic Lodge down there in Mexico, here's money. He gave them pesos and said, make sure you keep all the kids in this area clothed and with food. And he then started a scheme whereby the local schools would teach the children that were illiterate how to read, and he said, I will provide you bicycles that you can give to these children that achieve writing, uh, being able to read. And that's, he then brought that to 
to, to Arizona, who installed it in Paradise Valley Lodge Number 61 in 1995. And I was a master the next year, 1986. So I became very um, involved in making sure that the bikes went to the schools in the local area. You used to make so much money. And that's now that, that that's now not only all over Arizona, but other states. Several states, yeah, Colorado. Yeah. I remember reading about this somewhere. Yeah. Several other other states now had the Fred Stewart bikes for a book. Now is Fred no longer with us? No, Fred died. He died of a massive heart attack. He was also in in Scottish Rite, York Rite and Shrine, but he was the membership chairman in the Shrine, probably in about 1999. And uh, he was giving a membership talk, and right in the middle of it, uh, he just fell, uh, dropped dead. That's unfortunate. Yeah, really unfortunate. So he's the the biggest uh, effect on my Masonic life, but uh, also another really good friend was was Jack Jack Malin, oh, who was a, he was a Chicago man, but uh, just oh, he had his own man. printing company in Chicago, and uh, but then became very ill, and he had to give up the printing business, and uh, sold it to his brother, and moved out to Arizona, and he had been a mason in in Chicago, and uh, joined Paradise Valley Lodge. That's how I met him. So the two most important people were Fred Stewart and Jack Malin, and then uh, C.J. Smith was a big influence as well. Uh, C.J. Smith had, he, um, when his father, whose name was also Smith, wouldn't you believe, when he <laughs> passed away, he had a, um, a small film studio, movie studio, down off um, what's now 101, and uh, McDowell Road, and uh, he used to have B movies down there. We used to have open air degrees there. Oh, Arizona wow. two, uh, sorry, Silver Trial number twenty nine, as it was, Paradise Valley number sixty one, and Arizona two had uh, had open air degrees once a year in April at C J Smith Studios. He died about five years ago. His um, studio burnt down about two years ago, so oh. that's no longer in excess. So three men who were big influences of me. Jim May is another man, past grandmaster of Arizona. He just is a good ritualist and a, just a, a nice man. We had a chance to interview Jim. I did interview Jim. He's did a great you? guy. Yep. Yeah. So, so it, it's late at night. I'm, I'm appreciative of you guys staying so long. It's 11 o'clock and we're sitting in the parking garage across from the temple. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I won't keep you guys, but I guess one one other thing I just want to ask is any, any closing thoughts, anything you'd want to say to to Masons or, or ladies in Amaranth or anybody coming in 50 years or just people who are curious or just any other memories you want to share? Start with you, Brian. Well, I would personally say that um, um, Masons, I, I can honestly say that Masons take good men and make them better men. And anybody that's reading or listening to this in 50 years or 100 years time from now, I hope that Masonry is still around and flourishing and uh, you can learn a lot. You can learn a lot about yourself by becoming a Mason uh, because it teaches you inwardly as well as it allows you to teach outwardly the good things about being a Freemason. So that's it. Drinda, what about you? I'm very good at this. <laughs> You're doing great. Um, Just any closing thoughts? I joined Amaranth and I've. I've never regretted it because I've always been happy. We making we made lots of friends and and um and all the money that goes to the diabetes and all the children that you know need help and 
and uh, we always try to give money and food to everybody so that's why I joined Amaranth. Well thank you both for taking time to talk with me today I really appreciate it and uh, that's it we're done. Okay, thank, thank you. you. Thank you.